0: Give me an O, O, give me an R, R, give me an E, E, yeah. what does that spell? It spells more, and I've got more Morgolons. Crystal Clear here, you are listening to more Morgans and we are continuing yesterday's episode of the research paper by Middleveen, Stricker, and Fessler about the history of mor- morgulons from delusion to definition. It's a great paper. came out in 2018, uh, about 200 years ago in Trump years. Um, yes, I hope you all have survived last night's debates. Um... That was weird. But we do weird here. We do lots of weird. Uh, stay tuned. This is a pretty long paper, you guys, so I'm gonna just get on through it. Uh, we left off at uh, the section called Evidence Supporting the Hypothesis of Delusional Parasitosis. Among reports that promote a delusional etiology of MD, meaning Morgans disease, there are a number of review articles, opinion pieces, and editorial letters. These do not provide any new research or clinical evidence to support the claim that Morgulons is a delusional disorder, but they do present common discussion themes that are frequently reiterated in case studies and research papers. Common discussion themes are it's delusional, it's a variation of delusional parasitosis, uh, it's defined as a fixed, unshakable belief despite lack of medical evidence of being infested with microscopic organisms or inanimate objects, um, the matchbox sign is diagnostic. They tend to have psychiatric comorbidities, which just means other diagnoses. Morgulon's is a mass delusional illness affecting primarily Caucasian middle-aged women like me. Delusions of infestation are spread from person to person and transmitted by the internet, absurd. Antipsychotic drugs are the treatment of choice for uh, Morgulon's disease. Uh, very few situations where I personally think antipsychotic drugs should be the treatment of choice, except for maybe acute psychosis, uh, but anyway. Uh ECT, or electroconvulsive therapy, is an acceptable treatment for Morgulans. Hey, we don't know what they have? Uh Let's just electrocute them. Let's see if that works. Okay. <laughs> Establishing rapport to gain confidence and trust helps convince patients to take the drugs they don't need, antipsychotic drugs. Using the word Morgulans in dialogue with patients can help establish rapport and trust when you're really a backstabbing uh, liar. Um, is it acceptable for dermatologists to diagnose delusional disorder and prescribe antipsychotic medications? Sure! Why not? And next time that I have a mole that might be cancerous, I'll just go to a psychiatrist because, uh, yeah, they know so much about the skin. Uh, use of deceptive dialogue strategies aimed at convincing patients to take antipsychotic drugs is a justifiable practice. Yeah, if you just take out the whole Hippocratic Oath and the Nursing Code of Ethics, sure, fine, why not? I might electrocute them, lie to them, and give them uh, dangerous drugs they don't need. Uh, oh yeah, and undermine their sanity, uh, and stigmatize them. Yes. Great, thank you. Uh, glad I just gave you that copay for that. Okay, if a patient's friend or family members also observe a subject's dermatological lesions and believe evidence, then they too are considered to share the delusional belief. Let's all take a deep breath. (sighs) They will also destroy the credibility of anyone who believes you. Um, that's pretty fucked up. Uh... Yeah, the belief shared by two people that there are organisms present in the skin is called a foile à deux, foile à trois, a quatre, I can't speak French, you Shared belief in a family is a foile à Um Yeah, as we stated before, kids, they don't have delusions. There's no such thing as a delusional disorder in children. A PubMed search using the keyword mortal ones identified 18 publications consisting of case studies of between one and six patients. So whenever we evaluate evidence, um it's important to note that a case study is considered the lowest level of evidence when it comes to research um just keep that in mind they have a table and it provides a summary of the case studies most of these patients clearly do not meet the case definition of md case studies provide useful anecdotal evidence but they have limitations of these case studies the majority do not mention the observation of fibers being present in or projecting from the skin the key defining criterion for morgellons you got to have Morgellons in your skin to have Morgulon's disease. Huh, go figure. Nor did they mention whether the attending healthcare professional looked for filaments in the skin at magnification of 50 times or higher. So again, what's the difference between a real infestation and a delusional one? Uh, Evidence of actual infestation. Do they look? No. Do they evaluate the evidence? No. Do they have any reason to empirically, objectively assert that you are delusional? No. Uh, some studies reported that patients presented specimens to healthcare providers as evidence. Fibers, lint, hair, and skin scrapings, etc. And this was interpreted as being diagnostic. In many of these case studies, there was no mention of any analysis of patient-supplied specimens to determine composition. Of course there weren't. In a few cases, the healthcare provider did nothing more than a gross visual identification of patient-provided specimens. Uh, yeah, these are, um, grains of sand. Well, you know what? I don't live at the fucking beach. Why would I go to the trouble to get grain? I'm a real person i'm an adult i'm a healthy functioning adult why in the fuck would i waste my time and money to come here and be insulted by you and to show you some uh, sand that i got out of the playground sandbox it's just i didn't do that <laughs> and for you to assert that i did is infuriating um so anyway Sorry guys, I just get so pissed when they undermine us like this. Only seven of these studies indicated that the subjects had heard of MD. So it's spread by the internet, it's a mass hysteria, but um, of of 18 studies, only seven uh, had people who even heard of what ones was. In some case studies, a patient was diagnosed with DP or DI, same thing, on very little evidence bondari ba- diagnosed dp in patients who felt crawling sensations and thus thought they had bugs in their ears or nose such conditions as a seborrheic dermatitis or eczema can cause formication and crawling sensations inside the ears and nose and should be ruled out before diagnosing mental illness yeah you think sandu and Steele diagnosed a patient with the eye because the patient felt as though she had fibers growing into her eye the patient had ectropion and perhaps this was a factor contributing to the uncomfortable sensations I think that's when you're in like eyelids turn inside out, like they flip up. Perhaps this was a factor contributing to the uncomfortable sensations. In these cases, underlying causes for sensations were not thoroughly investigated before assuming the patient was having sensory hallucinations. Furthermore, given the sensations of formication, the beliefs in bugs in the first cases and of fibers in the second case are not unreasonable or inappropriate. I completely agree. In cases where a healthcare professional did not look for filaments, it is unclear whether or not patients with MD were even in these studies. Some studies did not mention. If the patient had lesions, um, that would be good to know. Some reports mentioned that lesions or skin abnormalities, but did not describe examination with magnification of 50 times or higher for fibers in, in or projecting from the skin, which is the diagnostic criteria. Other studies mentioned that the skin was completely normal and that no skin abnormalities were present. Therefore, it is very unlikely that patients in these studies actually had MD as they did not have the diagnostic clinical finding. There are only three case studies that specifically mention the presence of fibers either projecting from or embedded in the skin. Roncati et al. 72 reported, quote, grayish spots under the skin, then using, and then used scanning, scanning electron microscopy, SEM, and energy dispersive spectroscopy, EDS, to study the spots. SEO showed that the spots were associated with fibers described as, quote, synthetic wire, Consistent with samples from a washing machine as well as keratin fibers consistent with hair from the patient's dog the EDS analysis detected carbon sulfur and oxygen peaks elements for keratin but EDS could not reveal what type of keratin it was therefore the synthetic wire quote unquote could have been keratin filaments from the patient. The authors concluded that the keratin hairs were of canine origin based on morphological resemblance to the patient's dog hair, yet they provided no further proof of this conclusion. Well, okay, wait, 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 back up. So they see grayish spots under the skin of the patient. Under the skin of the patient. And they determined that they're dog hairs? Well, okay, and synthetic wire? You know what? Even taking that seriously um, as an interpretation of a finding, for instance, carbon, sulfur and oxygen peaks when doing an energy dispersive spectroscopic analysis, even taking that they never identified what type of keratin it was uh, and yet anyway determined it was synthetic wire. Why? was it A, under the skin, and B, did it appear as two gray dots? That, I mean, okay. I I would say to these uh, uh, researchers that did this study, and how do you propose that a synthetic wire and that a dog hair got under some person's skin and appeared to be two gray dots on visual inspection? Please, please explain. Go on. Tell me more about your research. Uh, Synthetic wire. Therefore, the synthetic wire could have been the keratin filaments from the patient. The authors concluded that the keratin hairs were of canine origin based on morphological resemblance to the patient's dog hair, yet they provide no further proof proof of this conclusion. Uh, As some MD fibers are small hairs, determining whether the hairs are human or canine in origin is important. SEM shows only the outer shape of the specimen, so the scaling pattern is the only morphological feature available for comparison and the imbricate scaling of canine and human hair is quite similar. EDS analysis can only tell the chemical composition of the specimen, and again, human and canine hair would be similar. So why did they conclude it was the dog's hair? We have no clue. It could have been the patient's hair. This would have been good to know. Own et al. Uh, saw only one black fiber protruding from the skin, and then claimed that this single fiber was lost during processing for histological examination. And you still publish the paper. Okay. Therefore, one cannot draw any conclusions about the composition or origin of this fiber. Dovigy provided convincing evidence that the fiber is extracted from an oral lesion on the mucosal distal tuberosity of a tooth. Were synthetic carbon based fibers, but there's no evidence that the fibers were self implanted. So again, how did they get there? No science, you lost your sample. I can't believe you got published. Jeez. Um. Dental floss is composed of synthetic fibers such as nylon. Fibers could have been introduced during flossing, especially if the floss had frayed and become lodged between teeth, eventually festering and causing a lesion. Belief that the fibers had originated in the tissue would be reasonable under those circumstances. So they mean the patient believing that they had, you know, fibers under their tissue would be reasonable if they had a lesion that was caused by a festering stuck fiber, It wouldn't be delusional. It would be a mistaken belief because you don't have complete information. Again, that's why you go to the doctor to actually determine what is going on. Uh, and go from there. Um, so the case studies varied in terms of looking for pathogens, but on a further examination, all of the studies fall short in looking for kettle infection. Only two of the case studies looked for Borrelia infection, and neither of these performed a thorough laboratory analysis to search for spirochetes. The description of testing for Borrelia in these studies is not sufficiently detailed to know what was actually done. Because why would you have to describe your methods? Who cares? Uh, I do. <laughs> in science, reproducibility is important and methodologies. Okay, here we go. <laughs> methodologies should provide enough details that others can repeat them. Roncati et al. stated In adjunct, the patient had noticed an increase in the viscosity of mucus, saliva, and tears as to produce four unexplainable corneal ulcers in the last two years without a rise in the autoimmunity. Or Borrelia species serology there's no mention of whether or not the Borrelia species serology was interpreted as being positive or negative what species or type of Borrelia antigens were used the antigens are the things that um, when you when a something comes into your body and your body has to recognize it right because it's an invading pathogen um, the way it recognizes it is by its antigens it's like its signature um, <clears throat> I'm sorry if you already know that I'm just assuming people don't know stuff because I don't think I did before nursing school um what laboratory the serology was performed at or what method was used to detect the antibodies. Furthermore, although the patient had a few gray spots containing fibers, there was no evidence they were self-implanted or related to a delusional belief. Therefore, the study cannot disprove an infectious etiology for Morgulon's disease. Uh, the study by own et al. is no better in terms of providing method- methodology. In fact, the methodology in the abstract does not match the text. Oh, my God. So in their abstract summary at the beginning that all these research papers have, they describe one methodology, but in the paper itself, they describe a different one and never explain the difference, I guess. Um, so anyway, it goes on, yada, 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 the Borrelia stuff, they did not do a good job. Um, shoddy work. Uh, many studies included cases that did not meet the DSMV criterion for delusional disorder. Some studies feature patients who were clearly delusional and had or likely had serious underlying psychiatric illnesses such as schizophrenia some described conditions that clearly indicated the patient had disease affecting the central nervous system roncati et al indicated that the patient in their study had myoclonies uh which they misspelled you don't do a spell check before you send it off to uh, the lancet or something a medical journal yeah okay nice work nice work these guys are really credible um but we knew that y'all we knew that um, one patient in the study by Fellner et al. had senile dementia, and the patient in the report of Freudenreich et al. had HIV infection. Some studies included cases where so-called delusional disorders could have had cultural influences. Some studies mentioned underlying medical conditions that may have caused psychiatric disturbance. In a study by Altune, at all five patients with vitamin B12 deficiency, which we know can cause formication. It's not a delusion; it's a vitamin deficiency. That's the origin, the etiology, the cause of the feelings of bugs under your skin in these cases, right? That's what they're saying, not a delusional etiology. So we're just seeing basically this trend out there of these cowboys. They call themselves researchers, just sloppy, sloppy work, can't even do a spell check. Um, They don't describe their methods so that anyone can check against their work and actually prove something with scientific reproducibility of data, which is required as part of the scientific process and the research process. So um, these guys don't take it seriously. They don't take us seriously. Okay, so um, let's see. You oh, know, the thyroid disease also can be a cause, as we know. I mean, that was even in the CDC study as def- differential diagnoses for um, the cause of this, as opposed to delusions. Right? These were differential, different diagnoses. Um, one patient had diabetes. They were using psychoactive drugs. Uh, hepatitis C. So they're just saying these are co, th- these are confounding. Uh, co-variables because it's like if you're saying that all these 18 papers are about morgulons but in most of these papers you don't have people that you've established in any way at least in the research that's written here that they are morgulons patients um and uh, quite a number of them as they're describing had uh they did detect and find de- uh origins other than delusion for the uh the the patient's symptoms uh that that they were reporting that were similar i guess to morgulon's initially Uh, a few case studies claimed that treatment with antipsychotic medication was curative in contrast many more case studies indicated that treatment with antipsychotic drugs reduced symptoms but was not curative or that antipsychotics were ineffective Uh, in fact Robles et al. suggested that treatment with antibiotics is more successful than treatment with antipsychotics, although they too concluded that MD was delusional rather than infectious. Makes no sense. They reported that treatment of two patients with doxycycline and no antipsychotics resulted in complete resolution of the condition, while one subject treated with antipsychotics and no antibiotics did not have disease resolution. So you had three guys, you gave two of them antibiotics and... One of them, an antipsychotic. The first two are cured. The guy with the antipsychotic is not. Yet you feel that your hypothesis that Morgulans is not an infectious etiology as opposed to a delusional disorder has been supported by this research you did? Okay, let's. what's the selection process for these um, journals? That's what I want to know. Maybe peer reviewed ain't that great if all your peers are knuckleheads, too. Look, I, you know, I know I can be kind of harsh and stuff when I talk about doctors, researchers um, who support this uh, position, but it's personal. There's nothing more personal than your health and the patient provider relationship and those who purport to be researchers contributing to knowledge for the sake of the benefit of their fellow mankind, but they don't even spell check. They lose the sample. They, I mean, this is not good research. And it's really nice to see it deconstructed in this paper. Okay, y'all, I gotta take a break. Tired of reading. Um, I would love to continue this conversation, though, tomorrow, perhaps. If y'all are into that idea, I'll be there. I'll be there with my bells on. I'll be there with my bells on. I'll be be fair, and I hope to meet you there, tomorrow on more Morgolons <laughs> I never thought I would have so many songs about Morgolons but I always have more.